confident to come in that way. And, I, and then God showed me that there's such a lovely sense of family here that um, those people that did feel more confident would, were taking other people by the hand and bringing um, them closer to God. And, you know, this, I've, I've been part of OCC since 1987. <laughs> it's quite a long time ago. Um, and uh, over the years, I've been so grateful for the sense of family here. As a student, as working at the King's School, as um, working in other schools around Oxfordshire, uh, there's such a, a lovely sense of family. And I want to thank Steve Jones and Andy O'Connor, all the leaders, for inviting me to speak today. And uh, I want to honor the way they lead family and the heart to grow as a church. And I want to also honor Keith and Eileen Elmit, who I live with when I'm back in the UK. Uh, they're such dear friends, and I'm grateful for all they give me. And I also wanted to honor Steve Thomas, because way back when I bought my first house in Oxford, um, not only did I hear him you know, preaching on a Sunday morning because he was in Oxford then. I taught his kids. But the thing that I remember is that he came round and helped me put my washing line up. <laughs> what does love look like? <laughs> and so I'm, I really do feel honoured to be, to be sharing this morning and um, grateful for the journey God's got me on. <laughs> so uh, five years ago, God told me that he was going to bust me out of my box. And I'd been teaching in various schools and in various spheres of education for about 20 years. And uh, um, about 2011 was when I really felt I absolutely said yes to God. That's God remove any no's in my life. I want to say yes completely to your plan for my life. Um, you get one lick at life. I wanted to give it all I got. And um, it was just about there. <laughs> so that's the spot, isn't it? So at the end, we'll all go there. <laughs> to the, the anointed spot where if you feel God speaking to you about going deeper and more into your, a yes then I think that's going to be a little bit of a, a theme. Um, and I got this invitation shortly after that to go to Pemba, Mozambique. And um, at first, it was to help set up a university there. Um, I wonder if many of you have heard of Roland and Heidi Baker and Iris Ministries. There's a huge history-making revival going on in Mozambique. And it was when someone said to me, you know, Kathy, you can keep doing what you're doing, or you can go and be part of a history-making revival. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I do also want to say very clearly that not everybody is called to go and be missionaries, um, because we need God to be working all over the world. Yes. Put in that little caveat there. <laughs> so I, um, I'm going to try doing this. Is it on? No. We don't really have these sort of things in Pemba. <laughs> so I'm just getting used to the clicker. 
Okay, so I was asked to go and set up a, help set up a university in Mozambique, and I said, well, can I do it from Oxford? <laughs> because I don't really like camping, and I don't really like not having hot water, and I don't really like that kind of thing. And, uh, but then God reminded me, he said, but, Kathy, you said yes. I was like, oh, I did. <laughs> yes, God. And so really, it was a little bit heel-shragging at first, going out there. And uh, Pemba, a little word about Pemba. <laughs> um, we have some roads in, Mo- in Pemba, quite an eclectic assortment of roads. And then recently, we got traffic lights. And this, this really just tells you a picture of what Pemba is like. Because most of the Mozambican drivers didn't know about traffic lights. They just appeared all of a sudden. And so you had to be very careful when approaching them. And sometimes they're red and green at the same time. <laughs> like here, take your pick, stop or go. <laughs> so now those traffic lights actually don't work at all. Never mind, we tried. Um, but I do love the simplicity of life in, in Africa. I'm there about eight or nine months of the year uh, because part of my role is um, Director of International Relations, it's a posh title, where I get to go and share about the university in first world countries as well as being stuck in on the ground in Pemba. But I would like to invite you all to come to Pemba We have a lovely visitor center. It's a beautiful country. We're right on the Indian Ocean. And in our WhatsApp group yesterday, the message said, come to the front of the base. The whales are going crazy in the ocean. Oh, that's how it it is out there. There's so much beauty. But equally, there's so much poverty. Um, As you know, with Mozambique, probably most famous for the floods in 2000, uh, the lady giving birth up a tree was what hit the news here. And it's an honor to go and work amongst the poorest of the poor. However, um, oil and gas has been discovered off the coast just north of Pemba. And there is a a rising middle class in, in Pemba. It's quite weird to see because you've still got the extreme, extreme poverty. And then you've got um, a rising middle class. So um, I'm going to be using uh, various slides today to kind of really add to to my words. Pictures are worth a thousand words. And um, something that I love. Oh, I went the wrong way. That I love about worshipping in Pemba is that um, the Mozambican culture is to do everything, you know, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And I often think, Lord, I, I, I want to learn from that. It's very hot, <laughs> worshipping there. But let's, let's give it all we've got, whenever, whatever we do for the Lord. You know, even so much that it costs us something. You know, it's easy to worship sometimes, but let's really give, give over and above. Um, most of these photos were taken by Roland Baker, and uh, he really captures something. 
So let's hear the passage for today. Simon's going to come and read it to us. It's in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2. Okay. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know, we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, nor from you, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you, into his kingdom and glory. Amen. Thank you, Simon. This passage is so full of love, so pastoral. Um, Paul's affections run deep for these new believers in Thessalonica. And uh, some of you will have heard Steve Thomas last week. I I couldn't wait. I was in Raleigh, North Carolina last Sunday and couldn't wait to hear what Steve said to kick the series off. If you haven't heard, heard his talk, I do encourage you uh, to go online and hear it. Um, but he gave a great background to this letter, that Thessalonica was a city in Macedonia. It was ruled by Alexander the Great. Um, I loved the name that Thessalonica was the name of Alexander's sister. I thought that was a nice, fun fact. And it was flourishing. Thessalonica was flourishing because it lived, um, as a city, it lived in God. And that's for us, let's speak that over Oxford. Let's be flourishing, knowing that we live in God and letting everything flow from there. Um, What I wanted to pick out this morning was... uh, For us to really be a growing church, what do we need to grow in? And over these next few weeks, there's going to be 
plenty of things for us to grow in. And I've just picked out a, a couple this morning that I felt for us. So first of all, growing in boldness. The picture there is of us on outreach preaching in the bush bush. Um, we get to show the Jesus film and hundreds of people come every week. We send four teams out and it's, a, it's just a real honor to go and tell people who have never heard about Jesus. So verse 2 of our passage today says, We had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel amid much opposition. That's the NASB version. In the NIV, it says we dared to preach the gospel. In the NLT, it says we had courage. I was really looking at that word boldness for, for us this morning. What does that mean? What does that look like? Because a bold for me, might look quite different than bold for each of you because we're all uh, unique. What does boldness look like for you? But Paul was bold in the midst of much opposition. Now, that's, I was looking into that word as well. That's much persecution, conflict, and contention. He was beaten and imprisoned as a Roman citizen, yet he still got up and preached I think, oh my goodness, what would I do? Would I still be bold enough? Um, but Paul, all his letters, I read through all his letters in preparation for this, and he knew Christ lived in him. He said, for me to live is Christ. Even just think about that, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And you know, when I first went to Pemba, it was kind, I wasn't sure if I would really stay <laughs> I went on a harvest school, which is 10 weeks. And uh, my prayer for that time was, Lord, can you show me how to become nothing? In Philippians 2, it talks about he became nothing so that he could be everything. And I didn't know how it would work, but I knew that's, that's what I needed. And sure enough, one time when I was on the floor, I had someone had prayed for me and God just, it was such a beautiful kind of draining out of me into the ground and just being filled. It was quite an encounter time. I couldn't move for two hours. And when I got up, I knew I was qualitatively different, that um, he'd answered my prayer, that he could be everything. And um, I think my encouragement for, for all of us is, Find out what God's asking of you. What's he wanting you to say yes to? So that you can be fully you, fully filled with Jesus. And then we're dangerous when we're like that. So Lord, give us boldness. Every day I pray, come Holy Spirit and choreograph my day. And if if I miss things, I just say, Lord, can you give me another opportunity to be bold, to step out? And uh, I wanted to share a story um, from one of our outreaches that happened uh, actually a couple of years ago. The story is unfolding even now. But um, this is a, a really good example of Heidi, who I work very closely with, stepping out in boldness in the face of, of great danger. 
So if we could just have the video. I just will say something. Oh, look, there it is. Yes. This is the witch doctor that we're going to see in a moment. And uh, his name is Jose. And I love seeing that photo of the before and after because uh, he now is pastoring a church <laughs> two years later. And in fact, he travels around now with some of our teams when we go out into the bush, sharing about God, radically transformed his life. And that was really through um, Heidi and the team daring to be bold um, with him. I think it's the one at the bottom which says which doctor not shares his testimony, the other one. We've just come from the village of Imperi. It was amazing. <laughs> We had the huge privilege of going out on outreach on Thursday and Friday. Me and Miss Heidi and a whole bunch of people. Went out in the bush, had a great time Thursday night. Lots of people healed and saved, delivered. It was beautiful. Just fantastic. Friday morning, we woke, we woke up and we were blessing the chief and we were greeting everyone, having a blast. And some people came and said, um, there's a man with some snakes. He was a witch doctor. His girlfriend was a witch doctor. She had leprosy. She had no, um, no fingers left, no toes left, just little stubs. And he was there with three puffer adders, these crazy venomous snakes. And he came to just disrupt everything. And we just prayed. And I talked to him, and I just literally challenged him. And the Lord gave me a word for him that he was really, really tired. And I just said, you're so tired. You're tired of darkness. And even some of you watching, you know, I'm tired of darkness. I want to come into the light. Well, this man just looked at me, and I, I told him, we have to kill your snakes. And I've killed a lot of snakes. You know, venomous snakes are always there to hurt. When he sat down on the ground, I just saw the weight of the glory of the Lord just sitting on top of him. And so when he sat down, I knew that he was going to get saved today. So we dug a really big hole in the name of Jesus. Those three venomous snakes just burned up. And the witch doctor came to Jesus. His girlfriend came to Jesus. It was so powerful. There was just suddenly this peace around them. Like God just put this glory peace around them. I was standing next to the witch doctor, and he looked out in his hands. And as that, all of that, all of that was burning, the serpents were burning, all of the venom and blood began to come out of his hands because he had been bitten many times. They began to come out of his hands. And he looked down, and I looked over, and I put my hands on his hands, and I just said, in the name of Jesus. And God completely healed the man. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. 
so I asked him, do you want to be baptized? And he said, yes, I want to be baptized. And I said, are you committed to each other? Do you want to be married? And he said, yes, we want to, we want to be married. We want to be married before God. We're now we're going to follow Jesus. So the Lord just said, give him the ruby and diamond ring. And I was like, yes, Lord. And tell her she's a princess. Just put the ruby and diamond ring on her finger and just kiss her hands. You know, no fingers. Leprosy just takes your fingers off in it. And uh, she, she was just undone. And they looked each other in the eyes. And, and we did their vows right down there by the baptismal water. And I said, you want to be baptized now? What I saw was just the weight of the love of the glory of Christ overtake all of that evil. And there wasn't a showdown. It wasn't a fist fight. We weren't fighting like you would think. The way that we, the way that it was completely overcome was by the love of Christ, and it was just the power of God. Of course, the whole village saw it, and we found out later that this man was hated and feared by everyone because he was so dangerous. The police couldn't stop him. No one could kill him. And now he's a man of God, and the whole village watched. So now they're they're set free from the demons. They're set free from the evil power of the snakes and all the witchcraft. And they've come to know Jesus as their Savior. Now they're married. And then they came and they went into the baptismal waters. We are alive for such a time as this. that good news I was supposed to actually go on that outreach I try to go whenever I can on a Thursday just uh, I have my day job with the university but it keeps it real going out into the bush but that day that Thursday I was bitten by a dog and so I couldn't go but it was, it's just been wonderful to see the, um, how as a couple now they're uh, moving on with God but also um, sharing the good news around Cabo Delgado, where he was so feared. Those puff adders, most deaths in Africa are due to, to that snake. It's the highest, it's most venomous. And uh, there he was. But what I loved was the boldness, which is why I wanted to, us to see that this morning, was um, God gave Heidi a word of knowledge. She, she said to him, you're tired of darkness. And when we, when we can be listening, that previous slide, when it says we're always listening, let's see if God just gives us a word for who he puts in front of us. Something so simple. You're tired of what you're doing. And actually, I, I felt this morning that there was someone for whom time's up. I was asking God if there was any words, uh, specific words here. And that phrase came to my mind, that time's up. If, if that's for you this morning, that God's just saying it's time to move on from something, then um, that's for you. So we want to grow in boldness. How do we become more bold, bolder, is really growing in our identity, knowing who we are and whose we are. Now this verse 4 here, is, is phenomenal. There's so much in it. And I'm going to 
go through it just quickly because we are running out of time. But um, first of all, we're approved by God. We're tried and tested. If Christ lives in us, we can speak um, about Jesus. And how does that happen? To know more about who we are and whose we are, the key is spending time in the secret place. This is one of our mamas in church. There's such a beautiful dependence on God because God, they they can't go particularly to, there aren't many doctors, there are witch doctors, but I love the fact of the dependence on God in in Pemba. We're also entrusted, we're approved and we're entrusted. My prayer is, God, I want you to be able to trust me to share the good news in whatever way that looks like for me, me being fully me, fully filled with Jesus. And that picture there, this was on an outreach recently. These are two leaders from another faith. And we were giving out children's Bibles in Portuguese. And the reason we do children's Bibles is a lot of pictures. So for those uh, out in the bush who, who can't read, then they can see the Bible through pictures. So during a conference we were doing, these two leaders are having a good look through this Bible and discussing it. And, and then at the end of the conference, they asked if they could receive this Jesus that they'd been hearing about. And, what, you know, the part of the privilege I get is when, when we go out into the bush, there's such an openness. And I know that when you've been out on the streets in Oxford sometimes, even with the turning, or even just in your own workplace, there is an openness we, I think the enemy makes us think that people won't want to know, but they do. Because actually, it, you are the gospel. What you carry, don't underestimate what you carry. Just by being you and walking into a room, you can shift atmospheres. And when you know that, I know that my dad is almighty God. And I, I love going to places where I can shine. Because his light will be brighter in, in the dark places. And we're, we're entrusted with that. No, even let's ask Holy Spirit now. I want to know, really know who I am, who you've made me to be. Then further on in that verse, it says, not as pleasing men, but God. That's another whole sermon altogether about pleasing God. <laughs> and then God who truly examines our hearts. Sometimes when I get things wrong, I just say, but Lord, you know my heart. I, want, I wanted to get it right. He spends a lifetime working on our hearts. We're his workmanship. And then I just wanted to finish by sharing a bit about the practical gospel. Paul said in verse 9, I work night and day so as not to be a burden. You know, what does love look like? It looks like something. That's deep. <laughs> we say it a lot in Iris. We have a lot of mottos like that. Love looks like something. And so we go low and slow. We love to honor the chiefs when we go into the bush. That um, In the early days, they would get stoned, literally, uh, all sorts of... Uh, 
persecution, actually. But now we've found if we really go low and slow, then we're welcomed into uh, villages. Steve Thomas did speak last week. He said, how come it's so easy to plant churches in Africa? <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, yep, it is. It, there's just such a beautiful openness. So this is a church and the practical gospel, what does love look like? We will go in to a village and we'll say, if they want to plant a church, you build the four walls and then we'll build a roof for you and we'll drill a well. Practical. And then they've got living water in the church, running water. And it's one of the most precious things, seeing a well being opened. And, you know, this, this one that morning, they'd all had to go and carry the water on their heads uh, for miles. And then after we'd um, had breakfast... <laughs> We opened the well. It's so lovely to be able to do that. And I know some of you had were wondering what I actually am doing. I could be telling stories all day, but the role that, that I have is uh, setting up a university. Now, this is a, a village about 20 minutes from our base called Marangania. And 12 years ago, it was complete bush. There wasn't even a road there. And Heidi felt that was where the university was going to be. She was called the stupid American for even thinking that you could build anything there. And those three little rooms, classrooms with green roofs, uh, is the first phase of our building project. This, I love how God works. My first ever job was at the King's School in Whitney in Christian education. And... I'm now back helping start a kingdom university where it's the whole thread running through is, Lord, we, we want to teach our students to walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls. And that's our view from the classrooms. The tide is out there, but uh, it's just such a, an exciting phase to be in. And I'd love um, any of you that, I know some of you get my news and my prayer, but to keep praying as we are building this, this university. So that's just a little snapshot about me. But more importantly is going back to where we started this morning of what's, what's Holy Spirit wanting to encounter you with? And uh, I thought it would be good if you even just wanted to make a stand this morning. I always feel it's good to actually respond and move and do something. It's kind of a, like a prophetic act, a prophetic step. But if through, um, through everything that we've done this morning, through the worship and the word and hearing stories from Africa, if there's something that you think, Lord, today on the 17th of the night, it's a nice date today, 17, 9, 17, um, <laughs> if you want to respond and say, Lord, you have my yes, but there's more that I want to um, open to you. I want to go deeper. Um, if you have felt a response to the word time's up for something, um, 